If you have your Bibles, please open to Psalm 2. Psalm 2, this is one we read this week in our Bible reading. There's a few things that kind of gripped my heart that I want to share with you. I have a couple of questions I want to ask before we read and then come back to them, since this is our time of confession. And the two questions are this. Number one, are you taking refuge in the kings of the earth? Are you taking refuge in the kings of the earth? Question number two, in contrast, are you taking refuge in God's appointed king, the king over all other kings? Let's read Psalm 2 together. Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us burst their bonds apart and cast away their cords from us. He who sits in the heavens laughs. The Lord holds them in derision. Then he will speak to them in his wrath and terrify them in his fury, saying, As for me, I have set my king on Zion, my holy hill. I will tell of the decree. The Lord said to me, You are my son. Today I have begotten you. Ask of me, and I will make the nations your heritage and the ends of the earth your possession. You shall break them with a rod of iron and dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Now, therefore, O kings, be wise. Be warned, O rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the Son, lest he be angry, and you perish in the way. For his wrath is quickly kindled. Blessed are all who take refuge in him. And again, the two questions. Are you taking refuge in the kings of the earth, or are you taking refuge in God's anointed, his appointed king? The kings of the earth are in rebellion against God, and they want us to take refuge in them and in their might, thinking that they are safe together from God and that they will be your refuge from God, assuming that you would want to run from God. But the emphasis here is that it is far better, indeed eternally better, to take refuge in God's anointed, God's appointed king who rules and will rule all the nations. All the nations, and this is an interesting point, and it's going to take us to the New Testament. All the nations in their opposition, in their noise, in their rebellion against God, think they are doing something significant when in reality they are actually accomplishing God's purposes, even though they don't know that's what they're doing. This was the understanding of the early church as it sought to respond to opposition and persecution. And in fact, in Acts chapter 4, we see a quotation of Psalm 2. So let's look at Acts chapter 4, verses 23 through 31, covering the crucifixion of our Lord and the opposition and the persecution that the early church was facing. Acts chapter 4, verses 23 through 31. The apostles had been um, taken uh, prisoner for a little while. They'd been told they need to stop talking about Jesus, but they said they wouldn't. And so they were threatened, um, and they're released. So verse 23, when they were released, they went to their friends and reported what the chief priests and the elders had said to them. 
And when they heard it, they lifted their voices together to God and said, Sovereign Lord, who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them, who through the mouth of our father David, your servant, said by the Holy Spirit, Why did the Gentiles rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his anointed. For truly in this city there were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the peoples of Israel, to do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. So they had their intent, God has his intent, and God's intent overrode all the evil that they intended to bring about an even greater good. But the nations raged against Christ, and the church understood that that rage continued on against them, the people of God. That's why in verse 29, they says in their prayer, it says, Now, Lord, look upon their threats. So it wasn't just opposition to Christ. It's opposition to the people of Christ. It continues not just in the early church, but even to today. And against what do the nations rage? Even back in Psalm 2, and even more clearly here in Acts 4, they are raging, they are rebelling against the preaching of the gospel and the declaration that Jesus alone is Lord and Jesus alone is Savior. And the temptation for the early church, and the temptation for us today especially, is to take refuge in the kings of the earth. Because what do they say? What do they say? They say, do what we say and you'll be safe. Take refuge in us and you won't have anything to fear. If you keep preaching about Jesus, then you need to be afraid. Because that's not tolerable. Take refuge in us and you'll be okay. What was the early church's response to this? Again, verse 29. They said, Now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness. So when Jesus, God's anointed, God's appointed king, when he is our refuge, what happens? We will preach his gospel. We will proclaim him as God's king, as the Lord, to all nations and to the kings of the earth. And so here are the encouragement from Scripture as to why we should take refuge in Jesus and nothing else. Several passages I want to look at real quick. If you want to write them down, I don't expect you to be able to keep up with me. Matthew chapter 28, verse 18. Why should we take refuge in Jesus? Listen to what he says. He came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. We take refuge in Jesus because he has authority over the kings of the earth. Let's listen to Ephesians chapter 1. Starting in verse 19. Speaking of the immeasurable greatness of God's power toward believers, according to the working of his great might that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all 
in all. Why? Put your, make Jesus your refuge because he is in a place of absolute authority over everything and over everyone. Revelation chapter 1. Verses 4 and 5. John, to the seven churches that are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come, and from the seven spirits who are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and catch this, the ruler of kings on earth. The ruler of kings on earth. That's our present reality. He has all authority. He is seated in absolute authority over everything. He rules the nations. He rules the kings on earth from heaven. But we also have a future expectation and hope. You know Revelation 19. I'm not going to read all of this. But Jesus appears. This is His second coming in power and glory. He's called the Word of God. He's got King of kings, Lord of lords written on Him. In verse 17, I saw an angel standing in the sun, and with a loud voice he called to all the birds that fly directly overhead, Come, gather for the great supper of God, to eat the flesh of kings, the flesh of captains, the flesh of mighty men, the flesh of horses and their riders, and the flesh of all men, both free and slaves, both small and great. And I saw the beast, and and here's the thing, the kings of the earth... Doing what? With their armies gathered to make war against him who was sitting on the horse and against his army. That's Jesus on the horse. And the beast was captured and with it the false prophet who in its presence had done the signs by which he deceived those who had received the mark of the beast and those who worshipped its image. These two were thrown alive into the lake of fire that burns with sulfur. And the rest were slain by the sword that comes from the mouth of him who was sitting on the horse. And all the birds were gorged with their flesh." So it seems kind of silly to take refuge in kings who were going to be utterly overthrown and destroyed. And yet the temptation and the pressure to do so is great. But we must remember that when we profess faith in Jesus and we give him our allegiance, we are professing faith in the one true king who will one day conquer all the nations. All these kings who say, don't preach Jesus now, you'll be safe with us. Guess what? He will overthrow every single one of them. So as we go to prayer, I want to go back to these two questions. Are you taking refuge in the kings of the earth who can offer a temporary reprieve from their own wrath? Or are you taking refuge in Jesus, the king over all kings, and not taking refuge just in theory, but in reality, day by day? Only one place is safe, and that's Jesus. Take a few moments to pray and consider your own heart, and then I'll close this in just a minute. Our Father in heaven, God, forgive us for so easily wanting to trust in what we can see, to trust in structures, to trust in people. Lord, the the pressure to stop preaching the gospel, the pressure to not talk about Jesus in our day and time is great. 
Lord, and the temptation is to stop so that the threats will go away, so that the rage of the kings of the earth and of the nations will not be directed against us anymore. But God, as the early church said, we cannot help but speak of this Jesus. His his name is the only name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. And so, Lord, strengthen each one of us to not cease to talk publicly about our Savior that He alone is Lord, He alone is Savior, He alone is the King over all. Lord, forgive us where we have been seeking any kind of refuge in the temporary things of this world. However strong they may seem, however lasting and enduring they may seem, Lord, we know based on what we've read that one day they will all be brought down. Only Jesus remains and those who are with Him. So God, work in our hearts, even right now, that we would take our refuge in Jesus because He is a sure refuge, an unfailing refuge. And we know that for those who know Him, when He comes back, it will be our joy while the rest of the earth is in terror. Direct our hearts to our Savior, Lord. We ask this in His name. Amen.